This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Science, the show that breaks down the science of television and movies with a comedian and a scientist. Today, we're discussing Chopped 420. So I'll ask about cannabis-infused salt, CBD, and how to eat weed without suffering a complete mental breakdown. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Ethan Edinburgh, and I've got two wonderful guests joining me today. My first guest is a comedian, writer, pop culture critic, and host of the podcast TV, I Say, with Ashley Ray. Welcome to the show, Ashley Ray. Hello, thanks for having me. I, I also want to add to those credits a yeah. stoner, stoner extraordinaire, <laughs> Ashley Ray. Uh, I, I, would, awesome. I would be remiss if I did not mention that in my credentials here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's right at the top of your resume. Please, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, super stoner, Ashley Ray. Um, so the first thing I got to ask because of your podcast is if you have a favorite TV show, uh, something maybe I should be watching. You know, there's the longtime favorites. I'm going to go my favorite right now. Uh, the other two on HBO Max uh, had a long hiatus. It's back. It's it's as yeah. good. It's better than ever. It's It's been killing it this season. And uh, I, I sure do love to smoke some pot and watch it. <laughs> Great. Okay. I love the first season. I haven't seen the, the new iteration, but yeah, I'm and very they're doing two too. episodes every week. So, you know, oh. it's a little treat. Great. I love that. That's really cool. Also, I read, have to ask about this, read on your website that your Twitter account was suspended. So might I ask how that happened? Yes. Uh, so you remember the election of last year, uh, a lot of confusion, <laughs> Uh, and, sure. and I was verified, and uh, a lot. Donald Trump was tweeting a lot of things, and at one point he tweeted like, "I won the election," <laughs> and so I saw this as an opportunity, as many comedians with verified accounts do, to parody him. Uh, I changed my picture to Donald Trump, changed my name to Donald Trump. So if you looked at my Twitter, it looked like I was Donald Trump, and then I quote tweeted it and said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That was an autocorrect. I meant to say I won the erection, <laughs> which, which is a very just, you know, I, I'd say a six out of 10 joke. Uh, and within moments, like I refreshed and could not get into my Twitter. Five seconds later, it was just gone. Whoa. It was like account suspended. Uh, my, Damn. yeah, my managers really? like reached out to Twitter. They were like, other comedians have done this and it's been fine. And I guess one comic had done it like five times in a row and Twitter got sick of it and decided to just immediately and forever ban anyone who does this. So Wow. I, That's uh, a shame. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I started another one, so I, I'm back. Oh, good. Uh, but uh, be very careful, I guess, if you impersonate Donald Trump and say you won an erection. 
uh, because Twitter will think you are spreading misinformation. Yeah, and with all the misinformation and really dangerous uh, yeah, misinformation you know, I, out there. Yeah, I think like, Twitter is obviously focused on the right issues. Yes, as always. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So the other question I had to ask you uh, after watching this show, which I understand you're a fan of as well, Chopped 420, have you actually eaten any fancy cannabis-infused meals? Oh, yeah. I mean, first... Oh. <laughs> I mean, first of all, just in my own life, I love cooking with cannabis. Uh, wow. So as a, I do stand-up comedy, and I used to give out weed fudge as merch that I made oh my myself. Oh, uh, awesome. raised weed fudge. Uh, and I love just always kind of having weed butter in my kitchen. So I'll make, like, steaks with it or potatoes, you know, weed mashed potatoes. I'm always infusing things. My friends love visiting for Thanksgiving. I did, like, a weed uh, chocolate sauce with weed ice cream one time. So amazing. And then, like, I am lucky to live in the wonderful state of California where it's legal. And there's so many wonderful restaurants now that are doing full THC menus. Right. Okay. Well, this is awesome. I have two experts on the show then, which is fantastic. And I, I already have that feeling like we're not going to have enough time. So we might have to talk off pod about some of these recipes because uh, I'm going to need them. But our, our second guest, who is also a super expert, is... Uh, Harvard-trained and employed primary care physician and cannabis specialist for over 25 years. Welcome to the show, Dr. Peter Greenspoon. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here, uh, Doc. You're, you're also a board member of the advocacy group Doctors for Cannabis Regulation. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. So can you tell me about some of the work that you and the other docs are doing? Well, first of all, trying to get it legalized everywhere. I'm lucky enough to live in Massachusetts where it's legal medically, it's legal recreationally. But, you know, in one part of the country, if you sell cannabis, you can become a millionaire. And in another part of the country, if you sell cannabis, you can go to prison for 10 years. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah. you know, it's easy enough to forget about that if you live on one of the coasts. But we're working really hard to get it legalized everywhere. Um, as a physician who has always been interested in medical cannabis ever since my brother... Um, Danny, who fought an unsuccessful battle with leukemia when, when um, I was eight years old, uh, my parents got him uh, cannabis illegally in the 1970s, and I saw firsthand how it helped them. I've been, my whole medical career, I've been interested in medical cannabis. Um, it's really not fair that in some states you can use medical cannabis and in others you can't. And, you know, some doctors are really intimidated to use it. So we're trying to get rid of the stigma, trying to get it legalized, and also just trying to educate doctors, because doctors are really the last people to get on board with it. You know, patients, 94% of patients are in favor of legal access to medical cannabis. They're way ahead of doctors, but doctors are, they're coming around, but very slowly. So we educate doctors and we work on legalization. Wow. I have a bazillion questions for you, Dr. Peter. I mean, gosh, I mean, I make like, you know, wheat ice cream, but I'd say that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> How how are we doing, by the way, in this fight? Like, what percentage of the United States is it legal in now? Well, first of all, we're winning the fight. Um, as I was telling you before the show, my dad was a huge cannabis activist. And he wrote a book in 1971 calling for legalization called Marijuana Reconsidered. And it was reviewed in the front page of the New York Times book review. And um, it really got him on Richard Nixon's enemies list, actually. Um, so... I've been involved in this my whole life. And back then, 13% of Americans were in favor of legalization, and now like 69%, including more than half of Republicans. So we're winning the battle. There's no question. Americans have, are realizing that they've been sold a complete bill of goods. 
on cannabis. I mean, there are some harms. You have to be, pay attention to some things, but it's not this terrible thing. It's much safer than alcohol and tobacco. And people are, are really coming around and realizing that it has a lot of medical benefits and a lot of, you know, lifestyle and wellness benefits. So we're definitely winning the battle and coming around. Um, some states are a lot more conservative than others. Like Idaho is very different than California, obviously. So I think it's going to take a while, but something like 17 states now have it legalized for just for recreational use or adult use. And, um, you know, cause rec we don't love the word recreational cause there's much more than like just getting high and having fun. A lot of people use it for like creativity or spirituality or so forth. And most states have some form of medical cannabis law. Uh, some states are a lot better than others. So we're really getting there. We're, we're making a ton of progress. You know, you wonder when the federal government's going to legalize it. It's going to be kind of ridiculous if like all the states have it legalized and it's still illegal on the federal level. I mean, at some point that domino's got to fall. But we're, we're definitely, I, I'd say we're definitely winning. Um, and um, with good reason. I mean, there's no reason. It was never made illegal for health reasons. In fact, most people don't know that the American Medical Association was really against making it illegal in 1937. They were some of the strongest opponents to making it illegal. Uh, it was a commonplace medicine back in the 1930s. Um, it was just for uh, commercial reasons, racism, and political reasons that it was made illegal in the in the first place. It had nothing to do with health and safety. And in my opinion, this still has nothing to do with health and safety. So we're getting there. Yeah. And I have a, I have a question, if I can jump in. Uh, you know, you mentioned this is a war on kind of a few fronts, you know, legally, uh, and then also the stigma just kind of socially. And I feel like shows like Chop 420 are great because they kind of, and I hope, break down that stigma. You see mothers come on the show, people from all kind of walks of life, and they're showing you like, hey, we're not just like smoking a bunch of pot and like passing out. We're going to show you like how these different things work. And, you know, so I, I'm curious if there's any sort of evidence on if that helps change people's minds, if more media about cannabis can really impact that stigma. Yeah, um, I'm sure there is, and I'm sure that it does. I mean, just look at the war on drugs. You know, that was like sustained 50 years of anti-drug nonsense and propaganda. And you look at who's in favor of legalization. You know, older adults are less in favor than younger adults uh, because they've been exposed to more decades of drug war propaganda, whereas younger adults have been exposed to more of the last 10, 20 years where it's been a much more balanced discussion. It's as simple as that. So clearly a more positive message, people see both sides. And if you unilaterally get this negative message of like it's this evil thing with no benefits and has these horrible harms, you're going to be against legalization. So I think the message is really really important. You know, ironically, uh, the people who are adopting medical marijuana by far the most rapidly are, are older adults. Uh, you know, they're, they're able to cut down on like the 18 different medications that they're using and they're finding that it uh, really helps them with their pain and their sleep. And um, it's pretty fun having people come in, you know, but they're a little bit um, nervous about it. You know, they pu pull the shades and they whisper They're like, doctor, can I try some medical marijuana? They act like a SWAT team's going <laughs> to yeah. barge in the door, which is kind of cute, but it's also kind of sad. They shouldn't have to worry about it right. like that. So we've got a long way to go with the stigma. Man, it just seems so silly. It seems one of those things that uh, if the population all agrees, if you're, you know, 70% of America thinks that it should be legal, the fact that we have to go state by state and all this red tape is just so ridiculous, especially hosting a science podcast. We really zoom in and highlight the ways that America is backwards as hell. Um, and this is this has got to be top three because it really doesn't make any sense to me. It's not a very dangerous drug from the experience that I've had. 
Um, and so listen, before we chop it up, before we get into the show, and, and I want to talk about the pros and the cons of, of cannabis and, and all this kind of stuff, but I, I have a more general question for you. And, and Ashley, this is, this is a question for you as well. For me, got to be totally honest here, the most enjoyable way to become affected by marijuana is to smoke a joint. I really, really <laughs> dig that. And I know it's bad for my throat, for my lungs, and, you know, edibles can be a risky endeavor from what I've experienced. And I keep hearing that vapes are going to kill me. So what do you think is the healthiest way to intake this wonderful drug? Vaping dry flour. Yeah. Uh, the vape <laughs> okay. sticks have the vape sticks have chemicals in them. Yeah. You know, they're right. very convenient. You know, if someone's like out at a concert, you know, the vape stick won't kill you if you use it once in a while. Assuming it's a legal regulated vape stick, not the illegal vapes that gave us that, you know, E-Valley lung crisis a couple years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, smoking won't kill you if you do it once in a while. But, you know, if you smoke something, you heat it to 1100 degrees, you incinerate it. Um, so you get the tar, the benzene, all the other chemicals, oh. the hydrocarbons. But Whoops. if you... If you vaporize it, you know, get a, a mighty, a packs, whatever gets one of the vaporizers, you just have to heat it up to like 400 degrees. It tastes better. Wow. It's more economical. You don't lose half of it inside smoke. Yeah. And um, you, you just need to heat it up to like 400 degrees to extract the cannabinoids. And it doesn't give you nearly as much of the chronic bronchitis. And it works perfectly well. So I would say by far... Uh, inhaling um, from dried flour through a vaporizer or a tincture. Tinctures are really easy to make. I make them. They're really fun and easy to make. And uh, I usually give them away, but um, uh, too bad you don't live in Boston. But they I'll come are, visit. <laughs> sure. They're so easy to make. And, um, you know, a couple drops under the tongue or put some in uh, your tea or whatever beverage mm. you want. And uh, that's perfectly safe as well. I, I agree. And I know that, that my vape is the safest way to smoke. I know it's my packs. That's what I should be using. I have one. I also have a volcano vaporizer. I mean, that's like the real stoner, like Cadillac of, of vehicles, you know, and, and I know that's the healthiest way to do it, but I love smoking joints and I, see, this is my issue. It's, that's the thing. And it's like, everybody I'll, does. Yeah. And it's just like, I like rolling them. I like the cones and like every day I'll kind of show my spreads of like, here's all the joints I rolled. And it's <laughs> like, if I, I'm going to smoke six, seven joints and tell myself at least it's not tobacco. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. Well, you know, it's never been associated with lung cancer or COPD. Okay. So, but, you know, as a doctor, I'm supposed to tell people not to smoke. So, you know, it's hard to know what to do. But, of course, it's not like I've never smoked a joint. I mean, I probably (laughs) smoked, like... 10,000 joints in my life. So it's not like I don't want to, don't want to be a hypocrite, but you know, it's sort of everything in moderation, I'd say. You yeah. Know? And especially okay. over this last year, I feel like I constantly, I'll be coughing because I smoke so much weed and I have to explain all the time. It's not COVID. It's weed. I, I'm a pothead. It's not COVID. I promise. I just love weed. Yeah. It's just, I, I always have bronchitis. Like, don't right. worry. <laughs> Um, well, I appreciate that, and I appreciate that as a doctor, you have to remind us, uh, you know, that we shouldn't be smoking this way. And as a podcast host, I should remind people that we're here to discuss Chop 420, which, of course, you can only watch on Discovery+. Plus. And obviously, the best way to get Discovery+, Plus is to go to discoveryplus.com slash goodbadscience. Now, Chop 420. I had never heard about this show. Obviously, I love Chopped because I'm a decent human. And yeah. Chop rules... <laughs> Yes, one of my favorite cooking shows. Um, And this was just so much fun. I couldn't believe 
I was I was sort of in a state of shock watching just even the title sequence and stuff that this was a real show. I love this. And I also, it's very new to me. I haven't had, like you're talking about, Ashley, I, th- I haven't cooked really with cannabis. I haven't gone to restaurants where they serve. That whole subject almost scares me because I've had bad times with edibles. And so yeah. apparently there's a whole science to how to properly eat uh eat marijuana i mean ashley can you tell us how you are scientific uh, uh, it seems yeah. about your, your dosage how does that work I, I mean i try to be very specific knowing like how much i put in the oil you know i'm very like i, I kind of try to just like make things in servings portion size so i can be like i this has like you know 10 20 grams in it which mm-hmm. is pretty normal but i i think what a lot of people forget is that now it's so easy to cook with kind of alternatives like CBD. It's easy to like use things like that. So it isn't just like, oh, this pot brownie is going to like mess me up. Like these gummies are crazy. It's like you can get like, you know, two to one CBD THC edibles that are a little Mm -hmm. easier to handle. And I love the show because they get into that. They're kind of just like, this is a cannabis journey throughout the meal. You know, we don't want to be couch locked with our first, you know, first course. So I'm like, that's great. I, I loved the show. Before all of this, I think I told you, I binged the whole thing the second I heard there was a Chopped 420. <laughs> like, the second they were like, Chopped 420 with Ron Funches, I was like, that's my guy. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. And, like, I've seen other weed cooking shows, but to me, it's the the crisis of putting stoners in a place where they have to use random things to make the meal. That, to me, is the hard part. Like, I, yes. if you tell me, like, Ashley, make a weed meal, I'd be like, oh, I could do, like, a steak, like, a weed steak and Brussels sprouts, you know. But if you're just like, here's old peanut butter and some potatoes and all the weed you want, I would freak out. And they yeah. like, and then you just see all these people on the show just like keep their composure and they're like, I'm going to cook this. And they're all clearly stoned, which I love. <laughs> like everybody <laughs> cooking is clearly high and they're just like, I'm going to make these tortillas. And I think yeah. you, I, I think people can see, oh, you can consume cannabis and function and not oh, just yeah. function, but like function well. <laughs> Really high level function, absolutely. It's such a unique yeah. skill set, multi talented to be this this brilliant improvisational chef and a stoner at the same yeah. time, and understanding how to put the weed in there and which strain. I was really yeah, and dumbfounded. they're talking it's about amazing. like terpenes, and they're just like, I'm going to do a cannabis like sugar, and I'm just like, <laughs> I would just like probably coat everything in weed butter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I, I wanted to ask about these infused food products, because again, I had not really heard about this. I've seen in the stores, you know, kind of a, a weed chocolate or something like that, weed cookies, weed gummies. But I had no clue that there was weed flour, weed oil, weed salt, you know. So ha- have you guys utilized any of this stuff? Is this uh, something that I can actually go purchase at a store i should purchase online how does this work yeah i and i'm actually curious about the science on this uh dr greenspoon because i feel like i've used some of those things i don't know if it's that i have a really high tolerance sometimes i'm like okay this it says weed you know tabasco and i don't feel anything it's like maybe it's my tolerance but i do wonder if a lot of these edible companies are using like you know delta eight or if they're using cbd mostly because uh, I feel like now these brands are aware of the fact that people don't want to take edibles and just like get knocked on, their, get knocked on their ass. Yeah. Well, it's hard to say. It depends um, on the labeling and if the labeling's accurate. Uh, you know, Delta Eight's interesting because it does get you high, but it supposedly doesn't get you super anxious. Uh, I don't know if you tried Delta Eight. It's weird. I, have I not. tried it. I tried it, and 
I didn't like it that much because it like did get you high and it wasn't anxious, but it also didn't seem to have any of the interesting creativity or stuff mm. like that associated with it. It just didn't didn't really do it for me. But um, they should label what they have in it, and it's certainly possible they didn't do it correctly or it was sitting around too long or you know if you don't mm. shield it from sunlight or light or you know temperature uh, the cannabinoids can degrade pretty yeah. quickly and then they just go the thc turns into a different one called cbn which just makes you kind of sleepy and feel dull um but i i just not sure how regulated um it is we don't really have that much of it in massachusetts i don't think the market is evolved as it is in california you know in the dispensaries you can get like barbecue sauce or pizza yeah. but they don't have like this whole uh sophisticated we don't have restaurants opened yet and it isn't quite as out in the open yet i think it's more in the gray market i i just have always wondered like you know you go to these dispensaries that sell weed products and you're like oh i'm gonna get food and I've, i'm always like do you guys know how to properly store hot sauce and barbecue sauce like yeah that's where i I'm can't always trust kind of you like, guys yeah that's where i'm always kind of like this kind of in-between area where we are where it's like the dispensaries are trying to do this and they don't always know how to handle food items. Uh, yeah. It just seems like a weird gray area in some states. I need a dispensary run by you, Dr. <laughs> I need yeah. to walk in and have you tell me like, hey, I'm a doctor and here's exactly why this is going to work. Here's when you should take it. Goodbye. Well, it, ideally, it'd be safer and probably better if you did it yourself because you know exactly what you're putting in. It would be fresh and there wouldn't be any surprises because you don't really know. I mean, you know, if you buy a gummy in a dispensary, theoretically five milligrams is supposed to be five milligrams. And if you buy chocolate, 10 milligram piece is supposed to be 10 milligrams. But if you buy like, you know, barbecue sauce or pizza or ice cream, who really knows what's in it? And if you have a tolerance, like uh, some of us might, um, it's not as big a deal, but think of people that are like occasional users. Uh, that could really be a huge deal. Uh, people have a horrible experience if they take too much and they use it, say, once a month. It's a very different experience if you use it every day than if you use it once a month. And so say you get some cannabis ice cream. That's like the new thing in Massachusetts. And you don't um, use it very often and you actually get like 30 milligrams instead of 5 milligrams. You'll, you can have a really bad experience. So, you know, I'm a little bit like... It's again, it's a, it's a very different thing if you're a very experienced user and you have a tolerance and it's not going to be that big a deal if you get a bigger dose versus uh, an occasional user who, you know, I just have even friends of mine who hadn't done it for a long time and then it got legalized and then they've done it for the first time in like 20 or 30 years and they end up getting like way too high and they're like, this is awful. Why did I do that? It just turns people off from it. So, right. you know, I think it's a little bit better if you have more control in the process. Do you think I wanted to ask you about that also as far as weed with, you know, within the last few decades, because I also hear all the time that it's gotten so much stronger. Are we are we going too ham on the weed? Well, you know, it's interesting. First of all, I remember growing up and everybody was debating legalization. And one of the arguments against legalization was, oh, you have to smoke a whole joint. It's bad for your lungs. And now it's, you know, you take a puff and you get the same amount of THC. And the prohibitionists are like, oh, you only, you know, it's so strong, you only have to take a puff. And like, first of all, you can't argue it both ways. You know, it used to be an argument against legalization that you had to smoke so much. And now it's an argument against legalization that you don't have to smoke so much. So I think it's a little bit ridiculous. You can't win. But it is true. It is so strong that, um, you know, again, if people have haven't used it and they're not regular users and you take you smoke what you used to smoke back in the day you can get way too high no one's going to die but it could be a really really uncomfortable experience mm -hmm. um 
I think people do tend to titrate to their own level of intoxication. Nobody likes being higher than they want to be. So aside from those like accidental, uh, you know, quasi, I don't want to say overdoses, but taking too much and feeling uncomfortable, uh, people take one puff instead of taking eight puffs. In that sense, it probably is healthier. So I think it's sort of a, a straw man argument that it's that much more dangerous to that it's so much stronger. Uh, you know, they have these studies that, uh, you know, greater rates of addiction and psychosis and blah, blah, blah. I, I just don't buy those arguments at all. I think the studies are like really bad science. And I just think people titrate. Uh, and it's also, you know, they, they talk about limiting potency. Like in Florida, this is a big debate. We should limit potency to 10%. All that's going to do is make it more expensive for people. And a lot of people have trouble affording medical cannabis because it's not paid for by insurance. Uh, it's a lot of my patients have a really hard, I work in an inner city clinic. People are not wealthy. They can, a lot of my patients have to decide between food or medicine. They have a really hard time affording these things. And so if you limit the potency, you literally make it twice as expensive. I, I think a lot of people who don't use cannabis love making decisions for people who do use cannabis. And right. I don't yeah. think it makes any sense. So I, I actually think that's sort of a bogus argument. I'm kind of curious about this. Something that like I liked in the show and just in life is like, they talk about all these strains, you know, they're like, oh, and then we're going to use the, you know, blue dream for this. And personally, I am very much like I have the strains I love. I prefer Indica's at this time and Sativa's at this time. And then other people will just be like, Ashley, weed is weed. It's all the same thing. There's no differences. And I'm like, no, look like the taste, the smell you can, you know. And so I'm wondering just from a scientific perspective, what do I tell those people who are wrong? <laughs> uh, well, They've studied it a lot, and there are differences in taste and smell. There's no question. But they've actually studied what's actually in the, the chemicals, in, in the cannabis. And most of the strains, there's no correlation between what they call a strain and what's in the cannabis. The indica-sativa distinction is almost meaningless. There's literally no difference between an Ooh. indica and a sativa. I, Indi I won't accept it. <laughs> well, can I, can I explain... I can explain why in like two seconds. Um, indicas are these like short, bushy little plants and sativas are these tall, stringy plants. You know, if you grow a pure sativa, like Durban poison, it'll be different than like a pure indica. But uh, during the 1980s, when Reagan was cracking down with his helicopters and all the growers, you could see the sativas from the helicopters. So the growers outdoors hybridized, mixed together the sativas with the bushy little indicas. So because of the war on drugs, Almost all of the cannabis that we have now is a hybrid between sativa and indica. They had to bind them together, merge them together genetically so that they couldn't be seen from the sky, from the helicopters. Wow. So it's really rare to get something that's mostly sativa or mostly indica. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. And they study, a study just came out, they studied like 10,000 samples from different dispensaries. And there was like no correlation whatsoever between oh like what is an indica, what is a sativa, and what was actually, even the terpenes, not just the CBD level or the THC level, but the terpenes. So I think, um, and then there's also the issue if you get Durban poison, or I'm sorry, if you get like sour diesel in California or in Boston or in two different places in California, totally, totally different. different totally different. So I think Whoa. different types of cannabis can be different, but it doesn't have anything to do with what people call it 
or the designation sativa versus indica. I think some strains do taste better and some strains do have different effects clearly, but you can't go by the strain name. There's a lot of it's marketing and there's a lot of BS involved. It's my honest opinion. People do not like to hear that, especially people who are selling cannabis and selling their own. So Oprah comes up with their strain. She wants everybody to think it's a special strain. But if you look at what's actually in it, it's going to be exactly the same as what's yeah. in Seth Rogen's strain. I mean, honestly, they've studied yeah, this. I mean, it's just wedding cake and like, you know, gelato 99. You just combined it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it seems so advanced. It seems so legit and, and fancy and curated. And yet it's kind of all just placebo. There were two things that made me suspicious. One was if you go into dispensary, all the descriptions are exactly the same. A gentle, calming, but euphoric strain that starts out energetic and then helps you relax. And relax. Notice and you, yeah, it won't have you pass out on the couch. Enjoy <laughs> the, yeah, you know. Every description is exactly the same. And then with my brother David, he's an astrobiologist, a scientist, and um, he's a, a communicator. He, he and I were looking up um, in Leafly these strain lineologies. And it was so funny. Like this plus this equals this. This plus this equals this. And then we noticed a lot of them were circular. They yeah. started going back. <laughs> and it's like, how can they fucking be? circular yeah. like that doesn't make any sense and then we then i started looking more into it i'm like a lot of this is really and then i asked my dad actually who knew he passed away about a year and a half ago but he literally knew more about cannabis than any person walking the earth there's even a strain actually named after him called dr grinspoon it's not named after me you can get it at barney's coffee shop in amsterdam that actually is a good oh, strain but <laughs> yeah that but, one strain is yeah, exactly. really legit exactly yeah we're gonna but, go he I, he agreed. I asked him about it. He said a lot of it's marketing and BS. I mean, the strains are different types of cannabis are different. It just doesn't correlate necessarily with strain names or with indica versus sativa. Because I, I guess it's more just like it, the look. You can tell, you know, like I can tell this wedding cake is going to look prettier than a blue dream. And then mostly I just look at the percentage. I am just like if I want a 30% plus for any indica, you know, I want at least a 20% for a sativa. And then I just aim for that. I feel like I'm just going to get what's cheaper now hearing this. <laughs> I just feel like I don't care. Uh, okay, so wait, I had a question also about CBD. Ashley, you were mentioning that, you know, sometimes people will get a two to one CBD to THC ratio. And, and I've just noticed that people take CBD for literally every ailment in the <laughs> world. And I can't imagine that it actually benefits all of these different like it actually helps with all these different things so do we have conclusive evidence like do you know for sure cbd will help you with xyz you don't think wearing a cbd bra is gonna help your <laughs> uh mental state i have okay. seen that though i've seen like a cbd infused like band that keeps you calm and i was like what like yeah I, there's so many it's it's wild to, you i've you they have them in coffee shops now of just rent like oh do you want a cbd boost in your latte, in your latte and i'm like i don't yeah. know what is that gonna do well the enthusiasm for cbd and the marketing have gone way above the scientific evidence okay. i think cbd does work and it does help people but the claims that people are making is sort of like greatly outpaced what we actually know about it. Mm -hmm. So it's not an all or nothing thing. It's not like CBD snake oil. It really does help people. Like okay. if I have really bad sciatica and I take like a hefty dose of CBD, it'll, it'll quiet it down. Um, I think there is evidence for chronic pain, um, for anxiety, for performance anxiety, if you're speaking, there's pretty good evidence um, for insomnia. And there's really good evidence for childhood epilepsy. The FDA has approved it for uh, pediatric epilepsy, a drug called Apilidex. Of course, we could ask why is cannabis still Schedule One uh, by the U.S. government with like no medical use and high abuse potential if it's uh, approved as a medicine. But that's a whole another story. This is like 
pure bullshit. But um, it's also, I think CBD is going to be really interesting uh, for addiction. Uh, there's a lot of animal studies. Now, not all animal studies turn out to be um, true for humans, but there's some human studies too. People who suffer from heroin addiction, um, they have fewer cues if they take CBD, drug-induced wow. drug uh, cravings. And uh, people who smoke cigarettes, if they take a pretty big dose of CBD, they don't smoke as many cigarettes the next week. And um, so I think it's going to really help with addiction. Um, but the doses that people use are really small. Like um, a lot of the animal studies were like 20 to 30 milligrams per kilogram of body weight, which means in humans, it would be like a thousand milligrams. And then the little gummies you get at CVS or at Walgreens are like 30 milligrams. So people, and they're like a dollar each. It's really expensive. So people are taking like 30 milligrams, whereas the doses they studied in animals for pain were like a thousand, 1500 milligrams. Wow. So I think part wow. of the problem is that people are taking these like teeny little homeopathic doses. And then they come back to me and they're like, doctor, the CBD didn't do anything. You're an idiot. Why'd you tell me to use it? And I'm like, well, what dose did you try? I told you to try a hundred. And like, that's too expensive. I don't want to try that. Yeah. So I think part of it is really expensive and people are taking these teeny little doses, but I think CBD does work, but again, it doesn't, it's not a cure all. And for most indications, it works much better if you add some THC in it because they work really well together. I mean, I got to agree. I like my CBD with THC in it. Otherwise, what are we doing here? Um, and then I was curious about this. In the show, they were also using weed, not how you were describing it, Ashley, which is like a butter and or an oil into uh, baking or something. They were literally using it as an herb. They were like grinding it into yeah. like a powder. I and think one guy it... used like real pot leaves in his thing. Like he just yes. used the leaf. Yeah. And, and, and kind of sprinkled it like you would you know, oregano or something. And I was always told when I was uh, a young man not to eat weed. I don't know yeah. if that's a bad thing. I don't know if there's effects from eating weed. I was curious about, I mean, besides the taste, which, of course, this also dumbfounded me in the show, where they really wanted to taste the weed, and I've always felt like that's the opposite. I do not want to taste weed if I'm eating some sort of edible, but I guess I'm missing out on something. I, I think just for the taste question, for me, it, like as yeah. a very real stoner, I do love the cert, like the taste of certain strains. But I do hate when I like get an edible and I'm like, oh, I can taste all the weed oil in this. Like that, I I'm not a fan of. It's not bad for you. It's actually very nutritious. It just okay. doesn't get you high. It's not psychoactive. Like for it to be get you high, you need to either cook it or bake it or smoke it because it has to undergo a chemical reaction called decarboxylation. You have to remove one little group chemical group from the THC to make mm. it active. So you could eat a pound of it and not get high. However, people, you know, when they grow cannabis, um, you know, they cultivate the buds. But with the leaves, people will put it in smoothies. Uh, it's very healthy. It's just like um, nut very nutritious. The seeds are nutritious. The whole oh plant is very nutritious. It's got uh, omega-3 fatty acids, fiber, what? antioxidants. Yeah, the, the leaves are very um, nutritious. Uh, some people like the taste. Some people don't like the taste like everything else. But it doesn't get you high. So... You might have been told it's useless to eat it if you're, you know, a teenager getting high. I remember like being a teenager right. and like forgetting my pipe and like being in a movie with friends and like trying chomping on it. And like <laughs> it did taste disgusting if you're just chewing on it and it not doing anything. So like many of us have had that experience. So it is not something that works if you're trying to, you know, get a psych 
you know, um, psychoactive effect, but it, it's very nutritious um, plant. Wow. I can't believe that, you know, fitness professionals are yelling at me to eat salmon every day. <laughs> yeah. For my omega-3s, I could be, I could be chomping down on cheap it. weed. And I feel, I think that's a part of just, if you're out there and you're like, I want to try making edibles, I feel like people always forget to decarb their weed before they throw it in the oil. You got to chop it up, you put it in the oven for a little bit, let it decarb, then you put it in your oil. Okay, well, all of this has been mind-blowing for me. Um, my, my, my final question here, I was a little mind-blown about, because somebody said, and I quote, spot prawns are the best shrimp. Now, I love shrimp, and I have not heard this before, so is that true? I think no, but I have a hard time eating the ones where the, the eyes are on it, like in the episode. I have a hard time with that. Yes. Yeah, and they were saying, I, like, the head is the best part. And I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> chomp, yeah. Biting into a head is the best part. I doubt it. I don't mind that. Okay. If you're, like, in a Chinese restaurant and they're, like, fried, like, really in Chinatown, not like, you know, and they're fried and, like, nicely seasoned, I don't mind it. Okay. Depends how hungry you are. And if it had weed in it, okay, I'd try it. Here we go. <laughs> so, okay. They got me there. They did. Ashley, obviously people need to listen to your podcast. You were saying that you're you're on tour right now as well. And and uh, going to Boston soon. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, I will be in Boston next weekend, the September 17th and 18th. Uh, and then some shows out in LA uh, on September 19th and the 16th. Uh, it's a little, little Boston tour sandwich in there. So I can't wait to try some Massachusetts legal weed. Yeah, you got to go, uh, Peter. Ashley's fantastic. And, I would love uh, to. Yeah. Please, yeah. Uh, get, let me try that yeah. tincture. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and maybe you'll have the best performance of your life after you know I mean, taking I, what I, he gives you. People, I actually always perform stoned, and wow. people are shocked by it. Like other comics are like, "How do you smoke joints right before you go on stage?" And it's like, I'm a stoner. I feel like I wouldn't be able to do it if I was not stoned. <laughs> Like wow. I'm always like that's just how I operate daily. I was I'd be freaked out if you put me up there probably without giving me a joint. <laughs> that is very impressive. I I I mean most of the time I'm performing I'm singing as well, so I really can't f- smoke beforehand. But the few times that I have been slightly stoned going on to perform, I I was not in a good place. <laughs> I was a little too much in my head about it. I there was a. I did a show where you could, they want, you smoked on stage. It was like a whole place where everyone could smoke inside. And they were like, oh, it's like smoke during your set. And I was so distracted trying to talk and smoke at the same time that I like <laughs> mm-hmm. couldn't remember. And I was just like, wait, I need to hit it. And then I'll relight it. And it was just like so awful. I was, I had a newfound respect for Dave Chappelle and how he's able to smoke on stage and talk at the yeah. same time. You think he's the greatest because of his writing. His writing, no. No. No, it's, it's the smoke. It's the multitasking. Yeah, and I, I've seen him smoke <laughs> joints on stage too. I was, just, I'm just like so. I was after that. I was like, wow, he truly is an icon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what we don't know is that his strain is like two percent THC. It's like a ninety-eight percent CBD joint. Yeah, that he's doing. Um, well, Ashley, is there somewhere people can find you? People should stay in touch. Yeah, uh, it, follow my new Twitter uh, at the go. Ashley Ray V with two E's T H E E Ashley Ray. Uh, or on Instagram at the Ashley Ray, I post all my shows. Uh, I'll be all over the place uh, this fall and next spring when everything is even better. Uh, and yeah, listen to TV I Say with Ashley Ray on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. Awesome, I love that. Done like a pro. And uh, and uh, listen, I'm sorry to to be so forward, but we're we're gonna have to hang out. I need to try some oh. of these uh, weed meals. Like I, I said, to. the weed meals, uh, the Ashley Ray custom joints. Yeah. <laughs> what? Okay, wait, you're, I need to ask you this question. 
Okay, I love using colored joint papers. Like, oh. I'll use the Blazy Susans that are all like natural, veg- like vegetable dyed pink, and I'll oh. post them online. And because I'm a black woman stoner, all these like nerdy white dudes love to come for me and they're like, your lungs probably look like a crayon. This is so dangerous. <laughs> How dare you smoke those and encourage people? And I'm like, they're basically like raws, but they like rub strawberries on them. Like, what is wrong with this? <laughs> is it okay? Am I going to die? <laughs> Great question. Um, yes, you're going to die. But probably, <laughs> probably not sooner because of that. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I mean, we're all going to die. So. Yeah. No, but that can I just say, safe. Ashley, that I saw one of your shows and I, I just watched it um, online before this and I thought it was spectacular. Oh, thank so. you. Great. A sterling endorsement there. Uh, and Dr. Peter, is there something you want to tell people about? Is there a way that we can help the fight? Uh, well, my group's great. Doctors for Cannabis Regulation is just dfcr.org. Or if people want to reach me, they could just reach me at petergrinspoon.com. Uh, I'm always ans- happy to answer questions. I consult with people if they want to consult about uh, medical or recreational cannabis. Um, and um, that's about it. Awesome. Well, I feel like Ashley and I got a free consultation here today. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate that. And I, Dr. I'm Peter not Greenspan. giving up my pink papers. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you don't do a bunch of them every day, it sounds. I mean, this guy smoked oh, 10,000 joints, then. so I don't know. <laughs> well, how many over, over decades. <laughs> so if I. It was my upbringing. So if I smoke like 100 pink joints in a week. Maybe maybe reconsider some things. Okay. Yeah, that could be a bit much. Yeah, take it down a notch. Get some. Get that natural vape uh, we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Flower vape. Um, seriously, I, I thank you both for for coming on today, talking to me about all this, and uh, I'll see you next time. Look forward to it. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Get exclusive science shows, nature documentaries, and more real-life entertainment on Discovery+. Plus. Go to discoveryplus.com slash goodbadscience to start your seven-day free trial. That's discoveryplus.com slash goodbadscience. Look at the bad, the science, science. credits, credits. Hosted and produced by Ethan Eidenberg. Executive producer, Brett Kushner. Supervising producer, Emily Feld. Producer, Darby Rose. Editor, Michael Feld. Talent Booker, Samantha Barella. Post coordinator, Jason McCarris. And research PA, Ali Rubenstein. Bye bye.